Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. I am your host, Lisa Brown from Platinum Education, and I'm so, so honored that you've joined us today for another week of our beautiful podcast. I love so much coming to you each and every week and sharing some amazing insights and real stories from our beautiful early childhood profession. So this week, I thought we would dive in. Um, Today, I've just committed, well, I've committed from January starting personal training sessions. Um, So I have my beautiful personal trainer and I trialed a few um, because I think, and it was actually a really insightful journey into the process. So just like hiring an amazing educator or employee or leader for your service, it was a really insightful process to make sure that I found the right fit for me. Um, So it was good. I was able to really compare them together and I found someone really amazing. Her name's Tracy. So Tracy comes to me twice a week and um, works me out. So I just finished my personal training session and just on that plus on the note of all of my beautiful meetings and catch-ups with all of our leaders and educators in our profession, a lot of the conversations have still predominantly stemmed from last week. So I wanted to continue that conversation into this week and go a little bit deeper in we know that it's hard this time of year. Like there's no, as I said, there's no other way to describe it. If you haven't caught last week's episode, pep talk in early childhood or for early childhood professionals, go back and listen to it and go back and revisit it. Like if you ever need to hear it um, and even today, if nobody's told you in a while, you guys, you're amazing. You are amazing and say it to yourself. It's so, so powerful. I am amazing and give yourself and give anyone around you a big high five. But um, yes, side note, I am a high five. <laughs> we joke about that a lot. But with the um, with the conversations and with what's happening with our professionals is that they're feeling like they're failing. They're feeling these big, huge emotions. They're feeling like, oh my God, this is not normal. I can't do this for an entire year. This is too hard. And just like my personal training sessions, man, damn, it was hard and I am not fit. So I've got to get back to that stage. I I actually really love hard things. Like they they are hard. I remember really early on in my journey even before early childhood, I'd finished school, I had to go and find a job and I was really young. And anyone that knows my backstory, I finished school quite early, it wasn't for me. And so I had to get a job and I was young and no one would like really hire me. And so I was going for interview, interview, interview for just someone to give me a chance. And during that time, I would go and volunteer at um, different places to get some experience. But one place... Anyway, but before that, I realized, or my mom taught me a really valuable lesson. She said, 
you know, learn to love the hard, like learn to love the process of the hard because we will all go through difficult and challenging things in our life, whether it's in our professional life, personal life, you know, relationships with friends, anything, any, and even like I'm learning the piano right now. And it's, I've gotten to a point, uh, even I realize every time I get to a point, I'm like, yes, I'm feeling confident. It gets harder and it keeps getting harder. But If we give up in those moments when it feels difficult and when it feels hard, and even the word hard, I try to reframe it as a challenge or a speed bump because hard can seem quite final. There's this, I don't really know what it was, but I've just heard this story about this this piano teacher and she was teaching this little boy how to play the piano. And she had so many different students and she tried it out with lots of different students to see if it was actually a um, an analogy or it worked. And so what she did, she would say in this piece of music, she would say, it, this is the hard part. It's coming up to the hard part. You've got this. It's coming up to the hard part. And so instead she changed her language and she said, um, you can do this. This is this is the challenging part. And, you know, just letting them know that they could do it, but just changing the language around hard and not or not even saying anything or just say the challenging, you've got this, um, you know, it really, really helps with that change of language. And just by removing the word hard, she found more of her students were able to complete it than, and rather than when she said hard, they would stumble and find it really really challenging, really hard, and they wouldn't be able to get it. They'd fail. So are we setting our team, are we setting ourselves up for success with the language that we're using each day? And also coming back to about the one minute mile, um, I'm really bad with names at times, but with the one minute mile, nobody thought that they could get it in under one minute. And so, but until somebody else did it. So I'm not telling you to go and change the world and do something for the first time every time, but we've got to keep pushing ourselves past those barriers. We also need to have a bit of self-love, self-compassion with ourselves and also each other and that beautiful kindness that this feeling when it gets hard is so normal. Tears are normal. Tantrums are normal. Wanting to go and scream is normal. Every single person's stress response is different. So what I thought we might do today is actually look into it, really normalize it, have a look and have a look into why, like, why does this happen? What does it look like? Why does my body react that way? And then a lot of our conversations is like building up that emotional regulation. You know that you're going to go into a tough time, um, you know, and, and it can be frustrating because some of the other rooms, maybe not yours, some of the other rooms are actually doing really well. They've just settled in really well. Everything's going um, amazingly and potentially those teams have been working together for a really extended amount of time. Whereas your team might be a brand new team. You've never worked together before. So there's so many different layers and elements and and what are you going through outside of work? Is that imp- impacting what you're going through at work? So I guess the first rule of thumb is you never know what somebody else is going through. So just a little side reminder to just go in with any conversation with kindness, check in with people, ask them if they are okay. 
So I want today to go through um, what are those strategies because I've been saying push through like it is hard but we just need to push through the hard right now. Plant those seeds, set that foundation for the beautiful flowers to bloom and grow around us. So but instead of just saying push through the hard, today I wanted to go through some strategies that you and your team can put in place to set yourselves and your nervous system up for stepping into those environments and this will not only help you in your service each day but this will help you in your life and you know what we are all human and I'll say that probably 10 times during this conversation today because we are all human so even though I go through things some of them might be like yes Lisa I know that but then I'll ask you how often are you doing it and it's okay somewhere we fall off the rails we stop doing things But it's important to check back in at different times to say, what is it that I need right now? And if you're a leader of these teams right now, have compassion for them as well. So as a leader, you don't want to be going into rooms right now and saying, where's this? Why haven't you done this? What's this? Like really ask them, what is it that you need from me right now? Because we need to manage our own expectations and also we need to manage our um, team's expectations as leaders as well. So before we get started, I wanted to make a little special announcement. So we are beyond excited to announce some really big news over at Platinum Ed and with you all in our community. So we've just opened our doors for expressions of interest to our Directors Academy. So it's an online group coaching program the absolute first of its kind for early childhood directors, managers, nominated supervisors. So it'll be six monthly modules encompassing your life and your role so you can show up as your best self. It sort of reminds me of um, finding unexpected money in your pocket. You know, when you put your jeans on, you put your hand, you find that unexpected money. So we really want to bring that joy and that life and that um, happiness back where you you just have that smile and joy as we're working through each module. So it will be conducted over six months starting in March this year. We'll have a monthly module. So focusing on all the elements of your role. So maximizing time, compliance, managing your team and those challenging conversations, QIP, philosophy, connections with your community and all of the stuff in between. I want you to learn how to do it. No more procrastinating. Gain clarity, confidence that you are doing the right thing and going in the right direction. And of course, what we say at Platinum Ed is GSD, which stands for get shit done. Because every time we procrastinate, every time we think, we re- we, we don't maximize our time, we minimize our time. So we want to get our time back. We want to be going in the same direction. We're going to give you and provide you with all of the resources and materials in your online portal for every single module. And before we start each module, we'll have a full day masterclass. So that's six full days masterclasses with me to show you how to do it together and I'm going to be there to support you the whole way. So often our roles can feel quite lonely, um, often 
leaders and directors vent to their teams, which is never a healthy decision. So I want you to be able to show up as your best self and we don't want you to go on this journey alone. So you'll also get six months of full support through our weekly Q&A sessions. You'll get uh, access to our online network group with like your like-minded peers to talk so you're not alone. And of course, you'll get me in your back pocket for six months to guide you through. So I know what it's like. I've been there and I'll be there with you the entire way. So I'm someone who's experienced, knowledgeable, an advocate for quality and simplicity and someone who has won awards, been a director, own and manage services. Um, Of course, moving to exceeding, that's my jam. So roadmap to exceeding. And I am pulling back the covers and teaching you my tried and tested systems on how to run a high performing service whilst having a quality life too. So if you don't want to be where you are right now in six months time, you are one decision away from changing your entire life. So come with me on this journey together. So if you're interested in more info, please email me at lisa at platinumed.com.au or message me on socials, Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Um, And of course, we've got our Everything Early Childhood Facebook group as well. And I can't wait to see you all in the Directors Academy. All right, now back to our scheduled show. So hard things, hard things. And you know what? If it, would e- if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. So we want to make sure that we set ourselves up for success. And when we know it's a hard season, we want to make sure that we have these strategies and tools. In, I used to, so you know with challenging behavior, all it is is just building tools in your tool belt. So if you think about wearing a tool belt around your waist and you're just adding a tool, a hammer, a spanner, a screwdriver, it's all of the systems and strategies that you add over time. Because you know what? We know that with some children, some things work. And with other children, other things work, but we have to try different things to see what's going to work. So let's understand a little bit where that is coming from. So where is it coming from when we have these moments when we're crying, moments when we're melting down, moments when it just seems all too hard? Brene Brown in um, Atlas of the Heart It's a documentary. I think there's about six episodes. And what she does, she goes through different emotions and she talks about what's in that emotion, what emotions actually relate to that emotion, which is fascinating. And she said our responses. So the story she shared was about a working in a restaurant. She said she was a waitress. She was working in a restaurant. And in the restaurant, like being a waitress is hard work. Even working in a commercial kitchen, like full on busy, like during those meal prep seasons. And it's not known for being very empathetic, supportive. And so, but in this place where she worked, they had this system and this communication structure. They said, are you 
Like, are you just stressed? Like, are you just at a point where you're, and that's what we're going to talk about, what it actually is. And it, all it is, is our nervous system and it being dysregulated and we want to get it back to being regulated. So exactly the same with children and their responses. That is all that it is. It's their nervous system and we want to support them to co-regulate. But how do we put strategies in place to regulate ourselves? So the story with Brene Brown in this restaurant, she said that they had a communication structure. So they came up with this set language. So she said, are you just stressed? Like, are you feeling stressed? Or do you need to tap out? Like, are you done? And as soon as the waitress would say, I am done, or I would need a minute, I'm just stressed. They would say, okay, put your apron down, which tables have you got, where's the order? And they would go and take a minute and then they would come back. She said if she didn't take a minute, if she didn't take that time to pause and actually you know, regulate and get that nervous system back up, she couldn't even function. So the one day she said that she left, she left work. She said the two places to calm down were the freezer um, or just sitting outside. So there was a lot of times where people would just escape in the freezer just for a minute. I'm just feeling stressed. It's all too, like, it's all too much. But she said um, response is the next thing, which is like done. I cannot function. I cannot see. I cannot actually move forward. But what we can do is put strategies in place not to get to that point. And one of their strategies was communicating, I am stressed I just need a minute I need to tap out um, and I just need to take five so at this time really encourage you to think about how can you set that up with your team and those systems around making sure that you've got additional people there or that you are going to step into their spaces to be able to support them to take five it's really crucial some services say um, to have a Kit Kat because it's like to have a break but make sure that you've got a system and a language structure in place that it is normal. Now, if I look back at um, previous generations, it is not normal to say that I'm not okay and that I need a break. If they say that, it, to them, it means, and to some people, and depending on their upbringing and their beliefs, it can mean to them that they are failing and that they've failed. They can't do it. They've failed. And that is a huge lesson in itself for anyone to get past that point to think, you know what? I am not failing here. I just need to take five. I just need five minutes. I need to go and breathe. I need to have like go to the toilet. I need to wash my face. I need to have some water and then come back because in that five minutes, you are regulating your nervous system. And so what we've um, done a lot of work with services um, around developing their own nervous system regulation toolkits because it's different for everyone what that looks like. And so I'd encourage you in your services to start thinking about what can you have in your service so that we can, they can have access to the children and the team have access to regulate their nervous system. So what happens? So when we sense, so our brain is really fascinating and I love learning about the brain. And so what happens is there's a part of our brain, it's called the amygdala. And what happens with your amygdala is that it's your perception of threat. It's pure job is to help you to survive. If it senses that there's a threat or a stress or emotional stress, um, it will go into protective mode. It will say, this person is not okay. 
And so that happens immediately. Our amygdala was built back in previous times where we were at threat. So there was a threat. There was an animal chasing us that might, you know, harm us. And so our brain and our amygdala doesn't understand how to tell the difference between this is a safe, hard or safe challenge or I am actually unsafe right now. So our nervous system and our emotions go into overdrive and it kicks in, our amygdala kicks in and to sense that potential danger that's happening. Then the next step is that it activates our sympathetic nervous system. So the amygdala in our brain sends signals and bear with me here, I can never say this word properly, um, hypothalamus hypothalamus um, and it's a region of our brain that plays a really crucial role um, in regulating various psychological and physiological processes which in turn activates our sympathetic nervous system. So previously we've talked a lot about it in our leadership podcast episodes and I talk to leaders about it a lot. This is where we talk about the difference between a response and a reaction. So a reaction is that immediate immediate um, action that we take from our stress responder. So have you ever been talking to someone or something has happened and you've immediately just said something back that you've thought, oh my gosh, why did I say that? And you know the consequences from that. But instead, a response is controlled. It's thought out and it's as simple as pausing and taking one breath. So a five seconds. So five seconds. Ready? One, two, three, four, five can be the difference between a reaction and a response. And we really want to aim for taking that pause. And it's tough. It's tough to sit there even for five seconds of silence. Um, people hate silence. So they try to fill the void. And and it will. You'll just jump in and you'll just have that reaction straight away. But really practice over time pausing because what you are doing in that pause and in that five seconds to breathe and think about your response before responding is that you are actually regulating your nervous system and you are telling your brain, so you're telling your amygdala in your brain, I am okay. So practice that, practice that pause. Now, the next step in our process with our brain is that we release stress hormones. So our sympathetic nervous system triggers a release of these stress hormones. Um, So it can be adrenaline and it puts them into our adrenal glands and prepares our body for immediate action. And this is where we start to see those responses in our bodies. So an increase in heart rate, um, faster breathing and redirecting our blood flow to the essential organs. So you might feel a bit lightheaded, dizzy, you might feel a little bit sick at this point. And every single person's stress response is different. So really recognize even in this point, and I really preface again, we are human. No one is perfect. We have to go through all of these different things in a journey along the way to realize what it is that works for us. But you know what Albert Einstein says, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and and expecting a different result. 
Well, what we want to do is we want to start to like really take note, whether it's just in your mind or whether you start to write it down. Um, I've got notes on my phone. So anytime something like triggers me or I have this thing that happens and I'm like, oh, shit, Lisa, you probably didn't respond to that as well as you could have. I just note it down. Like what actually triggered me at that time? What could I have done differently? And And also I take note of how my body started to feel. So when when I'm really nervous and when I have that release of stre- that stress hormone, I can operate on high levels of stress um, without it impacting me. But when I do feel this way, often it's in conversations where it's somebody's saying something that is um, completely wrong, <laughs> like it's completely wrong, or it's having a go at my. Um, how, how to describe it. I'm trying to describe it because I'm trying to think of that exact thing because different things would trigger different people. So when someone's trying to challenge me and I'm like and on something that I know 100% that this is the research, this is the facts, this is actually what happens. And look, I'm all for a healthy and good debate. Absolutely. But when it's a personal attack on me, myself, my credibility, um, it's really challenging at times and even just sort of um, standing up for myself, just being like, you know what? No, that's not okay. So I can't even think of an example, but the like last year was really about, is this how I want to be spending my time? Am I okay with this? What boundaries am I putting in place for myself and creating that in my life? So it forced me to push through those hard conversations and have those hard conversations. Um, someone, one of my clients once asked me, she said, Lisa, how do you just do that? Like, how do you just have that conversation? And to me, it's something that comes really naturally, but to others, it's it's working through that process of um, and those steps and practicing. Because if you want to get better at something, you need to practice and you need to show your body and your brain that it is not a threat. You um, adjust. So your heart, my heart rate, uh, and I go really red. So um, yeah, if you ever see my neck really, really red um, and my heart rate starts going, that must be where my blood goes, like in my body. It must go like to my heart, my, my throat. But yeah, my neck goes really red and I yeah I can feel my heart rate just like beating 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 but you know in those moments when you feel like that and then you push through you're like oh my gosh it actually wasn't as hard as I thought it was so and then it's done and then it's done so push through but let your body know and get good at seeing what those signs are in yourself and in your body like notice when it starts to get to that state and then teach it a new way to respond. But we want to, so then what happens after that is then it's preparing for action. So from this increasing um, blood flow that goes to the different parts of your body, those important parts, those life functions, um, it increases the activation of your sympathetic nervous system and the release of the stress hormone. So it prepares your body for something we're really commonly known as fight or flight. So there's also freeze and form in there as well. And this physiological state enhances your physical and mental capabilities to respond effectively to that perceived 
threat. But we don't want it to get to this point. We want to move all the way back up to the point where it's got that you've just perceived the threat. But now instead of our body going into that stress response, we're now going to work on the strategies of how to it's almost like self-talk, right? So what is the language that you're telling yourself in your brain? What are you telling your brain? Because you control what you say to your brain and the way you talk to yourself, that is your inner voice. So we really want to talk to our brain, might sound crazy, I don't know, but it's true. We just want to talk to our brain, put these strategies in place, fill up our cups, Make sure that we are at our 100% so that we can walk in the door ready to go. So what are these nervous system regulation strategies? Again, they are going to be different for every single person. You might love just chewing ice, so crunching something, that crunching sound and your teeth being crunched, so ice. Um, You might need to push something, you might need to scream, you might need to, but that is also a response once you are dysregulated. So we want to come and we want to be proactive and we want to build up our nervous system regulation prior so it doesn't get to that point. So we want to prepare for these challenging times or tough seasons um, because we know the start of the year can feel like that, but it is temporary. Um, when Jake and I went to, went to New Zealand, uh, we went and visited service over there last September. And um, when we were driving from one service to the other, you know how when we drive, I don't, when we drive around here and there's roadworks, it has a sign and it says roadworks ahead, slow down. And then as we approach the roadworks, it's got like it starts a hundred, eighty, sixty. 40, it's really frustrating, right? And you know that feeling when you see those roadwork signs every single time. Well, over in New Zealand, their signs actually say temporary because it is, right? It's only temporary. So it's a good reminder and that just pops up in my mind, those temporary signs. And it makes me feel so much better to know that this is not what it's going to be like in the next season, in the next term, in the next, um, you know, I think it takes a good probably three months, two to three months to get your rooms and your teams in order for that beginning of the year and set them up for success. So this is your time to plan all your seeds, really support, get in there in these hard times to help them to push through. So what is it that they need? All right. So, and and it's temporary. So keep reminding yourself, this is temporary. It's a drop in the ocean. It's a drop in the bucket. And it actually really helps for others, other rooms prior to them transitioning to put some things in place. So now is also a good time to jot down and start thinking about what is it that the other room or the other age group prior to them moving here what could they have done to help set them up for success better? And it's not as if um, they did anything wrong. It's only that we need to continue as a profession to reflect and refine. So we need to write down all of these things and take note to show what is it that I could have done better and next time for next year. So think about it like your little challenge at the moment and get that magnifying glass out and you're a detective to be like, oh, oh gosh, these children are really struggling with X, Y, and Z. 
what can we add to next year, potentially in their last term of the year, that will set them up for better success this year. All right, so our list. We're going through some basics first and then we'll go through some more in-depth things and some things that I like to try as well. So meditation. So I meditate every morning. Um, I also meditate before big things. So if I know that I'm heading into something that, um, you know, brings me out of my comfort zone, if I know that I'm heading into something that I want to set an intention for and how do I want to move into this, I'll pause and take a moment before going into that state. But most days, every morning, I set my alarm 10 minutes earlier every morning. Um, I use... uh, Oh, I don't just escape my mind. What is it called? Um, Insight Timer, that's it. I talk about it all the time. So Insight Timer. Now I go into the home screen and in the morning, it just has recommended meditation for the morning. So this morning, I just did affirmations and it was an affirmation, a meditation to really set you up for the day. So in our meditation, it's about focusing on your mindfulness, bringing you back to the present moment, getting you to think about what you want your intention to be moving into something. And it really helps you to focus on your body. So if you do a body scan meditation, it's really great to be able to say, you know, where are you? How are you feeling this morning? And just touching base with each part of your body. So regular meditation can help regulate your nervous system and reduce stress. Meditation is not easy. It's a really challenging practice. Even the meditations I do, I'm not good at them. Um, I It's just continuing practice because they help and I know that they help over time. And or just use them when you need them or be proactive and use them more often. All right, next one, deep breathing. So there are so many different breathing techniques and strategies. And I'm sure you've seen all of those ads on Facebook for all of those breathwork seminars. So you've got Wim Hof breathing method. You've got the, um, you know, he's the ice guy. So he teaches you how to regulate your nervous system so you don't feel pain when you go into that ice cold water. And um, before we do our ice baths, we do the Wim Hof breathing method and some um, breath work to be able to pump ourselves up and get our bodies oxygenated um, to be able to go into the ice bath. It is definitely more challenging to go into the ice bath before you do breath work. So I highly recommend it. Um, Done both. And I definitely recommend doing the breath work prior to going in, which is exactly the system that we do on our beautiful retreats um, up in the Byron Bay Shire. So we've partnered with Thrive Getaways and we're running those and we definitely have breath work and ice baths available so if you're looking for a retreat this year get in touch and I'd love to have you there so what breath work does or deep breathing it engages our deep breathing exercise it activates that parasympathetic nervous system and it relaxes it So um, I coach a lot of people to go through their provider assessments. And like I always say, when was the last time you went through an assessment or exam? And generally speaking, it is like our car license or university. And so what we do during that is we actually focus on that breathing and we do do some breathing exercises because that is going to be your friend. If you all we need to do is bring our breath back bring ourselves back and de-escalate and regulate that nervous system and let our nervous system know, slow down that heart rate, 
slow down that breath and let them know, let our little brain know we are, we're okay. We're not in danger. Um, You've got your relax. So one of my meditations is actually really powerful. So what it does, it actually gets you to tense all of your muscles at the same time and then relax and then tense and then relax. And it's really great before bed because it teaches your body that it's time to relax, like let go and time for sleep. So it can help release that physical tension and promote a sense of calm regular exercise. Now, look, there are three things that you can do really easy. If, if everything's going to shit and you just need to focus on three things, reg- exercise or just movement, don't even call it exercise, movement, regular movement. Um, so 30 minutes a day, which is what I'm focusing on right now, 30 minutes of exercise or movement a day. And then I've got my PT sessions, eating well. So what are you eating? What are you feeding your body and fueling your body? Because that is what you're getting out of your body. And without our health, what do we have? We have nothing. So hence, that was the message I needed to hear. Um, And to show up at our best as of ourself, we need to be healthy. And then the third thing is sleep. So getting good good amount of sleep. They never there's actually some research out at the moment that 8 hours of sleep is not required or it's every single person's body is different and requires a different amount of sleep. And so I've been Although I set an alarm, I've been encouraging my body that when I wake up, I've been trying to get up. So the other day I woke up at like something ridiculous, like 5 a.m. or something. It was probably normal for some people. I'm not a morning person, I will preface. And so 5 a.m. my body woke up and I was just wide awake. So I was like, all right, well, so then I just started to um, do some work in, in bed. But I, I should have got up and, I sh- and you know, should have, could have, would have. Um, but yeah, it didn't. Anyway, regular exercise. So it'll really release that tension and that build up stress. Um, It will allow you to positively impact your mood and your overall system. So it will release adrenaline, which um, feels amazing in your body. And so you want to make sure that you have regular movement. Yoga or Tai Chi is another beautiful movement exercise. Establishing a routine So create a consistent daily routine that provides structure and stability. Um, I am not a routine person and I struggle with a routine. Um, Time blocking really works for me because it's set times and we talk a lot about this in our time management and working through your life plan with leaders. Um, It's also part of our academy, so we'll build a life plan with you. But instead of having set things that you do, like don't, don't, and I'm even in my early childhood settings, like we got rid of clocks. We didn't even have clocks because um, we set alarms on iPads and that works for me personally as well. I set alarm on my phone for different things throughout the day and that's our our, um, trigger that that is what's happening at that time, but not all day, just certain things. And you know that that starts a progression of things. So what I do instead of having a, 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 a consistent routine because it's still a flow of the day but I actually have these time blocks or times of the day where I can choose I've got some things obviously on my list that I'm working on and doing so I choose what I work on just in the morning it doesn't work for me to like walk every day dance every day I have to have a list of things that I do so even just um you know 
mindfulness time, I can't just write in a journal. I have to like walk, write in a journal, play the piano. Like it has to be a list of things I can choose from. So if you're like me, just have your list that you can choose from during those times, but have a set um, routine, which includes time blocks, not specifically what you're doing, but what you can do during those times. Um, and that time set aside. So when you have predictability, especially if you are dysregulated, so if you're in a season in your life right now that, you know, work is hard, life is hard, and you are dysregulated, like you're literally just pulling at straws just to get through every day and you're dragging and it sucks. Um, Just that predictability can be really comforting and if you have a really big physiological so um you know we talk about maslow's hierarchy of human needs if you're if you're down here and your physiological needs are not being met we need to revisit this and we need to come back to this because say that that then you relaxes your nervous system and allows you to feel that sense of safety and sense of control Oh gosh, we should do an episode just on control. But anyway, you want to make sure that you, whatever you can control, you do. And you know, those diagrams, like the only thing you can control is you, what you think, what you say. So really think about that. What is in your control and what can I do right now? Adequate sleep we talked about. So develop sleep habits um, on my phone, you in the health app you can actually set a bedtime. So it starts to, um, it sleeps, it puts your phone in sleep mode 45 minutes before your scheduled sleep time. And then the sleep, the wake up um, alarm is heaps, really heaps nicer than like the alarm that just, oh, it just alerts you. So um, when you use a sleep app in that alarm, it starts off really quiet and then it gets um, louder. So it's a really, it's a much nicer way to wake up. Um nutrition and hydration so I feel so different when I've when I've had water and I right now it's one of my focuses let's have a drink actually while we're talking about hydrating so it's definitely one of those things that I'm working on right now is drinking more water I know when I drink more water, I feel better. I wake up better the next day because uh, what do they say? Our bodies are made up of like 80 or 90% water. So if we're not giving it that nutrients and water and right now, like I had my PT session today and man, oh my gosh, I sweat so much. I was sweating and we're doing it outside and it's really hot and uh, muggy outside. So you want to make sure that you refuel and you're giving yourself that hydration. Your social support. So who are you speaking to? Who are your connections? Um, We are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. So who is in your circle? Who are your five people? We've had, I've had a lot of conversations over the last week actually around, you know, those five people that we're around, we start to emulate their language. We start to feel the way they feel. Like we start to mirror different behaviors and different feelings. So We want to make sure that we are in control of who those people are, but most importantly, that you do have a social support network um, and even mentoring that you can go to to create those connections and um, they can help buffer the effects of that stress, just someone you can talk to. Limit any stimulants, so caffeine um, and too much stimulation, Um, so that blue light on your phone really limit that. 
and any so also therapeutic techniques so massage aromatherapy looking at what that looks like and some things that I love so creative outlets so art musical drawing and it's different for everyone like find what it is that you love and again similarly to just taking note of our um, regulation and our nervous system and how it responds take note of what you love and how something makes you feel if it makes you feel really great do more of it. So the piano makes me feel great. It's a hobby that I enjoy, although I'm up to a really hard stage. So I've got to like push myself through this next stage um, and then I'll be okay. But (laughs) then it gets harder again. Um, But you push. So anyway, so find what it is that you love. So piano, I loved, um, I love anything creative, like making different things, um, photography, but find what it is that you love and do more of it. Plan, plan that time to have it. Um, also I wrote a couple more things down that I thought about as well so definitely that support getting that mentor oh and something else that works really well is have something to look forward to so plan something in your diary or your calendar to look forward to Um, so for me I've got some really amazing projects coming up personally I've got my PT meeting me twice a week and um, we've got the next thing I have to look forward to is um, seeing my mum and also a um, smoker night. So we're doing a smoker night, not a smoke smoke night, a meat smoker night. I should actually preface that before it um, with a beautiful brisket. Um, I hope that's what we're eating. And just, yeah, socialize with my beautiful friends. So look, plan what it is that you have to look forward to and find it, find what that is. So there are some strategies for you to help set you up for success. So I want you to consider sitting down and doing an emotional regulation plan. I might even find, I'll find a, a template or I'll do up a template and I'll share it with you all and encourage, so just like we would do up an individual support plan for children when they're having those challenges with their emotions, We want to do the same for us and we want to do the same for our team and we want to know what it is. So if I feel this, what action am I going to take? What are some strategies that make me feel good? And even before that, like have a list of things just to try. So we were even talking about in the workshop, like some people have drink bottles with the big thick rubber straws, even just chewing on the straw, like it feels so good. Ice, um, pushing walls, um, just shaking a pillow, um, going up to a mountain or just screaming into a pillow. Um, what else? Headphones. So just listening to some beautiful music that makes you feel good. And one of my beautiful clients, she shared this podcast with me and on the podcast, they were talking about this, um, what they do with their team. It's not early childhood based, but what they, I think it's a good strategy to implement what they do with their team. When they start, they actually sit down and get them to do a 20 second video and actually go through talking about things that they love. So what's something that makes you feel amazing? What's some of your favorite songs that make you feel joy and laughter every time you hear them? And so if they're having, and 
if they're having a really hard day, they can actually look back at that video. You can play those songs. Um, It can help take them to a moment. Some other things that we've put in place previously is that we had a Feel Good Good Friday book. Um, So any type of positive feedback, um, which often it can be limited, but really push your families for it and you get better at it. Get better at it with your team. Um, Bring back the jars. Have everyone have a jar with their little photo on it. Have it in the foyer, but encourage your team to share and put things in the jars that you want to celebrate about people. We get so good at it on Early Childhood Educator Day, just sharing all of those beautiful things with what we love about our team but get better at it ongoing Um, and then have a beautiful ritual. Like, do you share them in your team meetings? Do you just get them out when you need to or when you need to hear that beautiful feedback? But our Feel Good Friday book, every Friday we went through our book and we shared and looked at all of our beautifulness. And I don't know you as an educator, but I've got this, um, what do you call it? trinkets memories box um so it's just in one of our wardrobes in the bottom of the wardrobe my husband thinks I'm insane for having it but what's in the box is over the years I've just collected things it's so it's a collection um I am a really sentimental person so I love looking back through it and I can look through this box for like hours and so it's got trophies it's got photos it's got um, anything that I want to go back to that time and I guess for me it would be an anchor right so we talk about an anchor and that's anything that brings us back to a moment so and that feeling so anchors for me are jasmine like the flower jasmine um i it just brings me back to my childhood outside my bedroom window i had this beautiful jasmine vine and so the smell of jasmine just brings me back to my childhood and that joy of being a child um music is a really great anchor so what songs um really take you back to that place and try to make them positive because I know that songs can also touch a nerve and be negative um photos um any memorabilia is the word I was looking for um and yeah, so in this box, and I also have cards in this box. I have all the cards that families have written me, my that teams have written for me, and it all lives in this beautiful box. And then I open the box and have all the goodness um, come out. And I sometimes I hide them, not hide them somewhere, but I'll place them somewhere, so like in a drawer. And so I'll open the drawer. And it will be right there in the front of the drawer so I can just pull it out. And I'm like, oh, and it makes me feel good. Makes me feel good. And that's all we want to do. We want to feel good. Um, but just to preface, we are human. We all go through that emotional regulation. It's just about understanding yourself better and knowing what works for you. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of research on tapping as well. So I don't know if you have seen anything on tapping. And so what tapping is, is it's just to find places in your body that where that... um, I guess because in Reiki, we talk about the chakras, but it's not the chakras, it's the pressure points, I think. I don't know much about it from what they've been saying. But um, yeah, tapping, like you just find that place and there's certain places in your hand, certain places in your body that can help you to regulate and bring you back to that 
bring you back to present to be mindful and present in that moment. Um, one of our directors, she loves essential oils. So essential oils really help her nervous system to regulate. So tapping is also known as emotional freedom techniques um, and it's just tapping therapy. So a holistic healing technique, um, big, massive, everyone's talking about it at the moment. So it might be even worth you looking into that and what your life looks like. Um, ice baths are also really great. So if you struggle with um, anxiety, it helps. The reason that ice baths, and there's two two kinds of people, right? There's people that, you know, want the softly, softly over time strategies and techniques. And then you have the other people, which is like the people that just want to go hard and fast. I just want the right now solution. I just want it to be over. I'm happy to go through the hard. I just want it to be done. So the ice baths are for people really really brave um, who want to just like re- because w- the way you you respond when you get in the ice bath is how you respond in difficult situations in your life. So if I'm to describe to you, you're standing there, the trick is to get in on your out breath because if you get breathe in, anytime we go through things that um, our nervous system relates to with that stress response, we breathe in, we're like, <gasps> like, and that's just our stress. So if we breathed in and we had that stressful breath um, as we got in, it, we wouldn't be, a, it would be harder for us to regulate. So our breathing is key. So breath work before you're standing there, you get in, you you breathe in, then on your out breath, you step in and you sit down in the ice water and it's freaking hard. Like the fir- doesn't matter how many times you do it, the thought of it never gets easy or easier, um, but you just do it. And so I the message that I tell myself over and over, and I spent a whole year last year particularly, I'm not afraid to do hard things. I know that when I do hard things and it's hard, it means that I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone and that is where the magic happens because when we step outside of our comfort zone is where growth happens. And I, for me and my life ambitions, growth is such an important factor for me. Growth, moving forward, just building on my knowledge and, and helping and supporting people. That's my mission in life. And I hate just standing still and staying in the same place. It, it, it freaks me out. Like it actually brings fear in me to know. Um, and I know that, and it's with certainty that I say, I will not be in the same place in six months time. Because I continue to go through those challenges and hard times to get to that next point and next point of growth, whatever that may be. So with the ice baths, I tell myself in those moments, I can do hard things. And I repeat it to myself. I'm sitting in the first minute in the ice bath is like torture. It's 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 bad. Like your it's really good for inflammation. So what happens is that your where your um sorus or you have inflammation or pain in your body is where it impacts the most. And so you'll start to feel it stinging. So for me, I don't know why, but for me it's my fingers. So fingers are really hard. So leave them still in the water. Um, if you move it, it's 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 harder. Um, and my ankles. So my my fingers and my ankles so that's where the pain goes for me but if you just sit with it and this is a big lesson for me and and it's a continued lesson it's not something that I've like you just master but surrendering 
if you just sit and you surrender to it, it gets easier. You push through that moment. You push through that. If you, when you push through that first minute, and again, that I just repeat to myself that mantra, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And so once you push through that first minute, it's fine. You can stay in there forever. Um, so three minutes is good. Um, six minutes is better. I've done 10, 15 minutes before. I'm apparently after six minutes, it doesn't even matter, make a difference, but that's fine. My point is that that when you are uncomfortable, it is a good thing. You are stepping outside of your comfort zone and you are growing. That means you are growing. Embrace the growth, embrace the hard, embrace the growth because you deserve it. And that means you are heading to the next level. Anyways, that's all for me today. So again, thank you all so much for listening. It's my absolute pleasure to come to you each and every week and share these things that are really prominent in our sector right now. If there is anything that you want us to touch base on that's challenging you and your teams right now, then let us know. Um, On our website, www.platinumed.com.au, right at the top, we've got us Ask Us Anything button that you can literally click and just submit your question. Um, And then we'll either pop a post on socials or create an episode about it to answer that question. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just a reminder, keep making every moment count and planting those seeds and building that foundation for a beautiful year ahead. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.